Day version 2017. Head coach Kalani Sitake, Heisman winner and offensive coordinator Ty Detmer, and quarterback Tanner Mangum previewed the 2017 season. Plus, honoring Lavelle, the number six, and the worldwide leader says yes to BYU once again. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, a two-hour media day special, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Friday June 23rd, wherever and however you're dialed in. It's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Australian Football Rules assistant coach Jerem Jordan. I was hoping I would know uh, maybe more you know, New Zealand-type rules so I could have Johnny Linehan involved. But, uh, yeah, this is a great day. This is very exciting. BYU Football Media Day. We're on BYU TV. We're being heard on BYU Radio. This is on ESPN3 as well today, which is very cool. We just had a great state of the program. Web chats before that. More web chats. Lavelle Edwards, the coaching tree coming up. Behind the mic with Gregory Bell coming up on BYU Radio after us. Th- this is an amazing day. It's very fun. And what the best part, everyone comes to us. We're here every day. Everyone invades our building and hangs <laughs> out with us. Welcome to the party. Welcome to the party. Yes, to all of you. And as Jaron mentioned, we are not hard to find today. Live on BYU TV, BYU Radio, the apps, streaming online at BYUtv.org, and on ESPN3. Jerem, I think it's only appropriate that we start Media Day in 2017, reminding all of our friends across the world and certainly across this country that we are how many days away? Countdown to the Vikings. 64 days. That's it. A little over two months, baby. 64 days away from an actual football game, BYU and Portland State. Today on Twitter, we are inviting all of you to join the conversation using the hashtag BYUSN. As Jeremy mentioned, they bring everybody to us. We ask the questions, and we want you to join with us in that interview process. Yeah, use the hashtag BYUSN. We'll try and work some of your questions into our guest lineup today, which is loaded, and it's a two-hour edition of the program today. Here are today's headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football announced it will wear a Lavelle Edwards patch. How cool is that? On the team's jerseys the entire season. Also, the team will retire the number six this season in honor of three players, Mark Wilson, Robbie Bosco, and Luke Staley. The trio will be honored on September 14th at home in Provo during the Wisconsin game. We have a Lavelle patch with us in Studio B. I have attached it to the BYU football helmet front and center for all to enjoy a permanent piece of the set. Very cool stuff happening uh, with Lavelle and remembering him and his legacy. Also announced in the state of the program, ESPN has picked up the ninth-year option in the TV deal with BYU, meaning they will continue to broadcast game for the Cougars through 2019. BYU Athletic Director Tom Hummel says there is a discussion between the two sides on a possible contract extension beyond 19. BYU is on ESPN's radar, so... Honestly, that's an understatement, Spencer. Cannot say that I'm surprised that they would do such thing. Eric Mika goes undrafted in last night's NBA draft. ESPN listed Mika as the ninth best undrafted player. We wait and see what he and his agent come up with in terms of where he's hoping to find a very good fit. Expect him in the NBA Summer League at a minimum. 
And it's day two at the Travelers Championship on the PGA Tour. Alums Daniel Summerhays, five under through 12 holes, tied for sixth place. Nicely done. Zach Blair, done for the day, nine over par, not expected to make the cut. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. 2017 BYU Football Media Day, two-hour special BYU Sports Nation. That might be the longest trending header we've had in the show's 1017 show history. And it's only fitting that the man who starred in our 1002nd episode, that was a big show, live from Corona, California at the BYU Sports Fan Fest, is back here in Studio B, the head coach of BYU Football, Kalani Sataki. Coach, welcome I'm, back to the show. I'm back. Yeah, thank you for having me on. We just learned that you're an aspiring thief. You tried <laughs> to steal Tynette Moore's helmet I did, in the yeah. 1990 Miami game. Uh, well, I'm not. I wasn't a successful thief, so <laughs> that was the end of my my robbery attempts. <laughs> yeah, what goes through your mind in a moment like that? You've, I mean, it's a small window, right? Well, I was I was going crazy because we just beat Miami, and I was running all over the place, and there was Ty Detmer, and he was. I mean, everybody was bombarding him, but I thought well, I could probably sneak in and grab this. You're helmet. probably as big as he was too. No, I wasn't, but I, I mean, well, maybe. <laughs> but I, I just, you know, he had a, a death grip on that helmet, so it was hard for me to do it. And uh, all I could do is just possibly try to swipe some blood from his chin or something. I don't know. <laughs> Coach, what, what is what is this day like uh, overall? Now that you've you're into year number two officially mm-hmm. with uh, with media day underway. Well, I just I remember last year the media day, and I and I it, for me it means that football is right around the corner, and uh, just a lot of excitement. I know the fans are excited. I, I hear them everywhere I go, and and they talk about how they're excited for this team and this season. And so uh, I'm I'm just really looking forward to this team and what we can do on the field. And uh, I've been really pleased with how our coaches have been working and how hard our players have been working. So uh, it's almost time to put it to work. How did you come to the decision to create a patch and then wear that on the jersey this year to honor Lavelle Edwards this season? Well, I mean, I, I think it's, it's hard to talk about death, especially someone that's a great mentor to myself and, and to Tom and so many others. And then how do you um, – I mean, there's so many things you could do to, 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 you know, to just show how much you appreciate him. And so uh, I don't know. I, I think when, when you talk about Lavelle with me, you could do whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter. If you start talking about statues or whatever, I would agree with all of it. And so a patch is just something that I think would be visible. And maybe people who don't know Lavelle would, would ask about what that patch is all about. And, um, yeah, just that's me when I had nice hair. But anyways, the, um, <laughs> to, to me it was just, it's just more about um, honoring him and the influence that he's had. And so it's, it's, uh, I think you can, you can do way more, you know, and, and I'm all for it. But I just – for for me in my role as a football coach, I know that I've got to focus on the team and focus on what we can do. And right now, when someone thought about doing the patch, I said, yeah, let's do it. On Twitter, a lot of fans are wondering if that patch will be made available to the fan base. Do you know at this point the answer to that? I don't know, but I'm, I, I assume it would be. That's not my area of expertise. just want to get this team ready. And I, I want to honor Lavelle in the way we play on the field. And so um, I'll let all the other smart people handle that stuff. What does that entail, honoring Lavelle with play on the football field? What does that mean in your mind? Well, I think just doing what he established here, all the tradition and living up to it. I mentioned it in the in, in the state of the program that um, it's just feeling the, the, the spirit of the 
and of the field in the stadium. I mean, it's named after him, but there's just something about this campus and something about this program that is always going to honor him. But I, I think for us to just give everything we've got, and every time I look at that stadium, I mean, I can't believe when I, I step on that field that I'm on the same field with all the great ones that have been on this field. And and then we had camp, we had kids running on the field, and they they were feeling the same thing. And uh, it's just it's just nice. It's just I think we just go through life and do live our life the way that he would want us to, and and play the game that I think he 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 wants us to play the the way he taught. And a lot of it has to do with uh, sports sportsmanship and class and having a lot of fun, but also maximizing all your potential and may, leaving nothing else but just having it all laid out on the field. There's lots of messaging you want to happen on the field, off the field. Today is a unique opportunity. BYU is one of the only teams that has its own media day. So what are some of the messages in this preseason situation that you're hoping to get out there about your squad this season? I just hope that we can highlight the players. I I think our coaches will tell you that uh, we're lucky to be here and to be involved with them. And so uh, this is their team, and and they're the ones that are making all the plays. And so I'd like people to get to know our players more and get to know our assistants because I'm I'm boring already, you know. Like, let's move on to some other guys and kind of see what what makes the program what it is now, and and the glue that keeps it all together, and the brotherhood that everyone talks about, and and the way you know about that is talking to the players and getting to know them, and maybe get to know the lighter side of things with them. You guys do a great job at doing that, and I think they feel comfortable coming on your show, you know. But everyone knows Jonah Tournament's fast. It's just you know what what is his what's his passions and what's he's about. What is he about? And, um, I think you'll start to realize that he's a great young man and he's a lot like the others out there, and hopefully they can be, they can look at him as a role model and you're a young guy coming up and trying to play here. Anybody that has the thought to try and steal Ty Detmer's helmet after the Miami game is not a boring person, Coach. Yeah, we don't bring the <laughs> most boring person on first. Well, guys, yes. listen, I, I've tried to do a lot of dumb things. <laughs> so if you're going to judge me on that, then we, could, we can do this for the whole two hours. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm the guy that, that asked my wife out not once but many times. And <laughs> I think I, I, I just try to get cuter the more I ask. And, and I think it was just persistence wins out, right? Yeah, I only had that one chance does. to win the helmet, so that Eventually was it. Worked. Hey, you got Ty Detmer as part of your coaching staff, so in a way, you, you kind of did steal him back, right? Yeah, just bug him until he says yes. <laughs> <laughs> the head coach, Kalani Satake of BYU Football, with us on BYU Sports Nation. This is a two-hour special of BYUSN on the 2017 edition of Media Day. Let's talk about some of your players and the guys that you expect to make an immediate impact early in the season. I know that Every coach wants to highlight all 100-plus guys that he comes in contact with on a regular basis, but you have to narrow it down. You think, okay, this, I feel like these guys will be game changers early in the season. Who, who comes to mind? Well, on offense, Tanner, right? I mean, he's the guy that's he's, – he's, you heard Ty talk about him. This is his team. He's run the show now, and, and uh, I, think, I think he learned a lot of things last year. And I think it's going to um, show in the way he plays. I, I, I just think that no one's really seen the, the new and improved Tanner. And it has to do with, with, with Ty's mentoring and Ty's teaching, but also with just experience and growing, right, and seeing, seeing the game from a different point of view. I mean, he got thrown into the fire when he, when he first got home from his mission, and then he was able to take a step back and watch it from a, with the headphones on. And, and then now – and then he, when he had his chance to play, it's been a, a rainstorm every time. So – uh, I think he's excited for good weather, and we'll see what happens in Portland State. But um, he definitely is about the team, and I think he understands his role. And I've been really impressed with his leadership skills. But he's had, he's, he's had some good leaders to, to learn from as well. 
We'll talk to Tanner Mangum coming up as well on the uh, on the program here. How is he better uh, in this off season? You think from spring ball maybe even to now? And you hope he continues to improve in fall camp. Well, he, he's gotten physically. He's gotten bigger. He's got and he's a lot stronger. So he already had a, a strong arm and a live arm, and and uh, you know from he still has a little bit of the renegade like take risks, and we just need to make sure that they're calculated. You know what I mean? And and. Uh, I think Ty's done a great job in in teaching him, but um, Tanner just he, he just got that it factor to the field, and and he has a sense of the team and how to how to make it work. And I've just been really really pleased with how he just the total package of him uh, and and how he's governing this team. And and our communication has been great, but he has a good beat on the whole team. Does the offense adjust in any way with? Uh, Tanner Mangum as the QB versus Taysom Hill, or do you stick to kind of what you established last year? Well, and I'll tell you this, Ty, Ty, I think he kind of, he doesn't sell himself well because he doesn't really care how many people know if he's smart or not because he's so <laughs> humble. I mean, he, he's, he's, he's a genius when it comes to football, okay? And, and he, he, a lot of our success that we had on defense was because he was willing to take um, kind of a, a second role and, and, and kind of, not take so many risks and just play to our strengths, you know. And so he's very smart, and he doesn't have an ego, and he doesn't care if people know he's smart, which makes it a great coach for us and, and a great leader. And so I, I think the way um, he's going to have this team ready, it'll be different and unique, and, and but that's going to be every year. And he'll play to our strengths, but he's also not going to tell you about it because he doesn't really care about people knowing how smart he is, and that's not something that he really he, – he doesn't tell people he won the Heisman. We have to tell recruits that, you know. And so um, the humility is it's great, but uh, I promise you he's, he knows what he's doing and, and we'll, be, we'll be ready. Kalani Satake, the head football coach at BYU, with us on BYU Sports Nation. It's interesting you bring up the renegade factor with Tanner Mangum. I'm sure he's looked at some of Ty's film when he played quarterback at BYU and was like, yeah, but Coach, see, you, did, you took a risk here, so uh, <laughs> I, I can do that too, right? Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things like I was the kid that my dad said, don't touch that, it's hot, and I, I learned the hard way, right? <laughs> so uh, maybe Tanner has to learn that a little bit. Hopefully he's learned enough, but um, I, I know that uh, it's, it's, Ty's been in that position. He's played that position before, so he knows what, what Tanner's going through, and he also has given him freedom. I mean, when, when Norm Chow and Lavelle and all those coaches were with Ty, they let him have some freedom, and I think that um, Ty's willing to do that with Tanner, just – it needs to be a little bit, you know, it needs to be tactical. It needs to be smart. What would a step forward look like this season for this program? Oh, we're going to keep moving along. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I, I'm not going to – I couldn't tell you what we were going to do last year, you know. So I'm not going to pre- predict the future. I'll just tell you that we'll be ready to play and, and we'll see what happens and we'll have a, we're going to have a great time doing it. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I have a hard time saying that this is what's going on. I feel like we we keep moving along and um, we're, we're generating a good culture and a good buzz. But this, like I said before, this is nothing unique to me. It's just what we're, what BYU is all about. And and what we're trying to do is wake up some of the, some of the parts and the factors of BYU that people didn't know about and get people on campus, recruits on campus and get them to get to see them. But I think it'd be, I mean, it'd be a great show for people to get to know BYU fans. There's some great fans out there and learn their story and, and uh, there's just so many things about BYU and about Cougar Nation that I think is, are really intriguing. And obviously we have a station. You guys do a great job here with your show. But um, there's a lot of people that want to know more about what makes BYU tick. 
Coach, what were your thoughts when you first heard about retiring the number six to honor Mark Wilson, Robbie Bosco, and Luke Staley? I was, I was elated. I, I, I'm so proud of those guys, and I played with Luke. And so, I, I mean, he and I were teammates, and, and I got the block for him. You know, and uh, I saw him. I said it in the, in, in, in the earlier meeting. I just said that I've never seen a great athlete. Like, I've never seen someone that could do everything well. I mean, he could play basketball. He could do whatever he wanted, and I was just so excited about it. But then when you got to know him as a person, he is even better as a person. And, and that, you can't say that about a lot of athletes. And I can tell you that he's humble, and he has a, a, a sense of humor that's a little bit underrated. People don't know enough about him. Yeah, you just, maybe you guys can bring it out of him. But he's <laughs> we'll do our best. He's a second. funny guy, and he's great. And and um, uh, you know, for he's the best running back I've been around, and, and I'm just really proud that he got that. The BYU running back go, in my opinion. Oh man, yep. hard to argue against that, <laughs> Coach. Great to have you with us. We appreciate the time. Good luck the rest of the day on Media Day and the uh, 714 interviews you will conduct hereafter. I can't wait. This is the best one. Thank you. (laughs) You got it. Kalani Satake, the head coach with us. Coming up, as Jerem just mentioned, we'll be joined by the legendary BYU running back, Luke Staley, going to have that number six retired with Bosco and Wilson. He makes his Studio B debut. BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back. 2017 BYU Football Media Day on BYU Sports Nation, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We're also streaming on ESPN3. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUS and send in your questions and comments for all of our guests today. There's a lot of great programming going on today. In fact, this is a two-hour edition of the show. Web chat's coming up behind the mic with Gregor Bell. This afternoon, really looking forward to the Lavelle Edwards coaching tree from 4 to 5 Eastern time. As those who were influenced by Lavelle Edwards share their thoughts on his impact on football and their lives like Mike Leach. Coach Edwards was a huge influence on what we did. Uh, Coach Edwards changed football. He changed football uh, <clears throat> much in the same way that, um, you know, when they came out with the uh, wishbone and the run and shoot and all those uh, uh, different things, um, uh, you know, he changed football in the same fashion. He changed football just like Emory Ballard did with the wishbone. He changed football just like uh, – uh, Tiger Ellison did with the run and shoot. Uh. Just a taste of what's to come on the Lavelle Edwards coaching tree special for Eastern two mountain time live on BYU TV. Again, our Twitter question today, what questions do you have for our guests today? Use the hashtag BYUSN and I can't think of a better way than our stat of the day to ring in our next guest. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Luke Staley averaged 8.1 yards per carry in 2001, the season in which he won the Doak Walker. That's a lot of yards. Yes, and uh, Kalani Satake just joked as he was walking out of the studio that Luke ran for more yards once he left. They got rid of Kalani. Kalani Ended in 2000. (laughs) Coincidence? I think not. 2001. Luke, (laughs) welcome into Studio B, man. Great to have you with us on Media Day. Thank you, guys. What's your relationship like with Kalani compared now compared to what it was when uh, you were running behind him and, and playing with him? You know, Kalani's a genuine guy. He's, you know, what you see is what you get. Um, nothing's changed. It's the same, same relationship. 
What was he like uh, in college? Because he, he had a little more flow to that uh, lettuce up top. Yeah, there you go. And then, uh, you know, he, he was he's a guy that uh, is passionate about what he's doing. Even when we were at, the, you know, in the, I remember being in the locker room and we got in a conversation about the jazz. And, you know, I'm not a jazz fan or wasn't a jazz fan, I guess, you know, growing up in Portland. So I liked, you know, the, the Trailblazers. Um, and, and there started being there's a conversation and there's almost a fight over, you know, who was better, the jazz or the, or the Trailblazers. And I would, you know. I, I didn't have any skin in the game, and I was just, you know, picking at him a little bit, and he's ready to go. <laughs> so, and this is like post-finals jazz. This is a fun time, right? This is yeah. the jazz when, yeah, and struggling. this is the Jailblazers era, too. There you go, think, Jailblazers, right? yep. Yeah. I know all too well, having grown up in the 503. Yeah, I, I was going to refer to them as Jailblazers, but then I thought better. But go, <laughs> it's okay. Good yeah. for you. Just let Jerem do yeah. that. Yeah. History already bore that out. Of let him it. take <laughs> us there. We're with Luke Staley, one of the all-time greats at BYU. How did you find out, uh, first of all, that uh, the number six was, was going to be retired and that you were going to be part of that? So I... I I guess it goes back to maybe two years ago when I was uh, elected or brought into the Hall of Sports Hall of Fame here at BYU. Uh, I was sitting in the stands, sitting on an aisle seat, and Tom was, you know, just passing by and said, "Hey, you know, congratulations, this is, you know, a great honor, yada yada yada." And ended up saying, "What we're going to do is, um, you know, we we want to we want to um, retire, you know, put your name up there, have your jersey up there." You know, I, I didn't think it would ever happen. I didn't know if I had the um, uh, resume to to do that. But you know, holding true to his um, his, his 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 quote, he called me last Saturday. I was in Omaha at uh, the college college world series and got a call. And you know, I, I usually don't answer my phone. Answered it and uh, ended up trying to run and find somewhere quiet, which you know I probably heard maybe a third of the conversation, but. Um, <laughs> You know, it didn't really set in until uh, maybe a couple of days ago. And you're just the second running back whose jersey number will be retired as well. There's such a quarterback tradition here. And in the state of the program, you talked about it, you know, being a running back. What does it mean to, to be a running back and have your jersey number retired at a place that's been quarterback you? I'm, it's, it's a great honor. Um, you know, I didn't come to BYU you know, wanting to win the Doak Walker, be an All-American, or, uh, you know, have my jersey retired. I just wanted to come and contribute to something. I wanted to be a part of something. And I wanted to be a part of, you know, a, you know, fulfilling a childhood dream. And I was just at the right place at the right time, uh, you know, so luck, whatever you want to call it. But uh, we had, a, you know, every aspect of that team that we had uh, offensively was right. You know, a defense couldn't focus on one person. So, I don't know if it's necessarily, um, you know, we, we had a great quarterback, so that continues that tradition, but we were just able to capitalize on some other aspects of the game. Today we're focused on commemorating not only number six, but uh, the great Lavelle Edwards, the patch comes out. You're wearing uh, one of those shirts with his uh, iconic image on it. When you look at that patch and you think about the man that recruited you and uh, you played for for a number of years, what comes to mind? That That's Lavelle. Um you know, there's a lot of things, you know, I, I probably have six or seven stories of Lavelle that, you know, stand out that is Lavelle, uh, his character, his person, um, how he was, how he handled, um, you know, running a business or running this uh, corporation. And everything about Lavelle is class act. 
Lavelle and Patty, they are, uh, you know, two people that if you're around, you want to aspire to be like, um, you know, to, he, he can talk to anybody. Um, and, and, you know, everything that he did, um, you know, benefited somebody else or this university. That 2001 team offensively led the country in points per game. It was like close to 40 or 40 plus. It was unbelievable. Did you know before the season coming off of a six and six dramatic win over Utah to end the year before that you had something special? Because that's quite the leap that you guys made that next year. You know, I th- it's a great question, and it bring you know it, it uh, invokes some some thought. And you know, the one thing I think about is, yeah, I guess there was, and I don't know if I cognitively sat down and said it's going to be a great year. But I remember sitting down and uh, Coach Tidwell handing out a piece of paper and said, "Hey." Why don't you guys take a couple minutes and write down your goals, your season-long goals? And I, you know, sat there and I started writing down, you know, maybe six yards a, a carry, two touchdowns a game. Um, you know, and I always thought I, I, I could offer more. Um, and, you know, I remember sitting there and, and thinking, yeah, I want to win the running back award. I didn't even know the name of the running back award. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, yeah, it's a fairly new award, but, you know, that yeah. was on the piece of paper. And so – you know, I think there was a, a feeling spring ball that year. Um, you know, I was coming off somewhat of a healthy off season, and just we had the Lavelle had put the pieces in place. Now it was a matter of, you know, capitalizing or uh, you know putting people in the right position, the right situations. Luke Staley with us in Studio B, all-time great running back, and I have number six retired against Wisconsin during that BYU home game in uh, mid-September. A question in from Twitter, at JJ underscore Crow 3 asks, Luke, what would you consider your best game and best play as a BYU Cougar? Best game would probably, you know, I, that, that whole season was a good season. Um I guess the cop-out answer would be the Utah game. Um, and as, I guess for the best play, I still remember the first touchdown I scored against Washington. Um, you know, it, and I remember before that game, about a week before it, I snuck into the stadium and I was sitting in the stands and, you know, 12 o'clock at night, just trying to envision myself out there playing, envision myself running or and, and you know, putting on the, the – uh, I guess we had the bib uniforms back then, but putting on the jersey and, and the helmet. <laughs> and, um, you know, I didn't I, I didn't know what kind of impact I would have. Um, but that, that was a that was a fun game. So fun Absolutely. run. Fun run. I, I can't re- I can't remember a time, at least uh, from what I've heard, that uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium was was louder when you took that pitch from. Brandon Doman and, and ran into uh, the end zone. Like, are you aware of how loud it is at that moment? I and mean, what do you remember about that moment? Um, I remember cornerback collapsing down, Brandon making a great pitch at a great time, uh, and and going untouched. You know, it's not. I people say it was a great run. I don't know if it was a great run. I think there you could put other people in that situation, the same results would happen. But. You know, the, yeah, the, the, I've never seen or heard the, the stadium shake like that. And, you know, I wish I could go back and do, leave, relive it, but, uh, you know, it's a great memory. Luke, great to have you with us. Congratulations on uh, the retirement of uh, your jersey number six, and it's great to have you back. Thank you very much. I appreciate let's, it. Let's get your signature if we could on our flag. Absolutely. Uh, you want me to ruin it? 
<laughs> We've been looking for a Dope Walker Award winner, so it's convenient that uh, you're here today. Somebody that won the running back award. Yeah, whatever that one is. <laughs> <laughs> you do that now? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Coming up, defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki will join us in Studio B. But first, the speedster Jonah Trineman, wide receiver, talking about the upcoming season. It's BYU Media Day. Here it comes. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, part of 2017 BYU Football Media Day, two-hour special here in Studio B. We are on demand as well, anytime, anywhere you like it. In fact, if you missed uh, Kalani Sitake, Luke Staley on the program, the head coach, and then the Doak Walker Award winner, of course, from 2001, you can download that interview on the BYU TV or BYU Radio apps or download the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and tune in. Also, don't forget, Behind the Mic on BYU Radio, three hours with Greg Rebell coming up from 2 to 5 Eastern time. Refreshing today's BYU Sports Nation headlines now. BYU football announcing they will wear a Lavelle Edwards patch on their jerseys the entire season. We have that patch with us in Studio B. It is currently uh, snuck into the helmet and the face mask uh, here front and center. Take a look at that uh, when you get a chance. Also, the team will retire the number six this season in honor of Mark Wilson, Robbie Bosco, a couple of great quarterbacks, and the man we just spoke with, Luke Staley, Doak Walker Award winner from the year 2001. Also announced in the state of the program, ESPN has picked up the ninth year option in the TV deal with BYU running through 2019. Eric Mika, undrafted in last night's NBA draft. The Salt Lake Tribune's Tony Jones now reporting that Mika has committed to play in the Summer League with the Miami Heat. The Heat's first Summer League game, July 1st, against the Charlotte Hornets, slated for 11 a.m. Eastern time. We told you he'd be in the Summer League, so this is great. We're going to see Eric Mika show what he's got in the Summer League. Great news. And, of course, Daniel Summerhays, five under par through 14, tied for sixth place at the Travelers Championship on the PGA Tour. Joining us now, our next guest on Media Day, the man who is setting new land speed records at BYU football, Jonah Trineman. Jonah, representing the wide receivers, welcome back to Studio What's up, B. Jonah? Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, good to be here. Look at the hair, man. That yeah. flow is popping. I <laughs> yeah. love it. It's, uh, I've been growing out since snow, so it's been like almost two years, but... Yeah, it's kind of getting out of control on the side. You can see. So Fred gotta... Warner thinks it's amazing. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I actually didn't hear that, so I don't know if you. I'm just it's assuming cool. based on his oh, previous haircuts. I don't know, maybe. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's getting kind of wild, but we'll see what I need to do. Does with that it make you season. faster or slower? I would say slower, but um, I don't know. Wearing a helmet, you know, during the game and stuff. Skull so, cap so, helmet, yeah, you're good, so right? It doesn't really matter that much, no. Yeah. All good. The wide receiver, Jonah Trineman, 28 catches, 321 yards on that long touchdown catch against Toledo from Taysom Hill last year on his BYU resume. You are the leading returning receiver on the team this season. What kind of expectations do you have for yourself as the guy coming back? Right. Um, I don't know. I, I think back to my second year at Snow, my last year at Snow, and I'm kind of in the same situation I am now here at BYU. Um, you know, one of the dudes on the team need to come back and make plays for everybody, so... Um, I'm excited. I've done it before. You know, I, I did it there, so I can I can do it again. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited for um, the other guys on our team to do the same thing for us. Last year, the offense was different. Um, it was more ball control, more rushing. You had Jamal Williams, and he was amazing. BYU threw for 15 TD passes. That's not a big number. No. What sounds better to you? Probably triple that, double that. So <laughs> 45 touchdown passes. That would be sweet. Yeah. That would be nice. We have guys that can do it, so 
Yeah, that'd be awesome. Forty five would be awesome. How do things change, if at all, with Tanner Mangum at the helm now at quarterback? Oh, um, I mean, Tanner's a pocket passer. You know, Taysom, you know, like to run and make plays. He really helped us get out of a lot of tough spots. You know, help us win games. But um, throwing with Tanner in the summer, you know, in the spring, um, he likes throwing the pocket. He likes to really throw the ball, and he's good at it. So um, that's why I think forty five touchdowns is uh, very doable for us. Hopefully. Where have you noticed uh, the biggest improvement for yourself and Tanner in that quarterback to wide receiver connection? Right. Um, personally, I think it's uh, confidence in what we can do. I think last year was kind of uh, it was just really different, and everybody was kind of you know wasn't sure what we could do. Um, I, you know, I think, but um, yeah, I feel like we just have, we're more confident. We're throwing all the time, and everybody's uh, really excited, and looking forward to the wide receivers and what they can do this year. How do you plan on avoiding the uh, weird arm cramps against Portland State this year? Uh, probably drinking more water. <laughs> um, For those yeah. who don't remember, against Arizona, somehow your arms cramped up, which I had never heard of an arm cramp. Right, yeah, it was my forearms, your so forearms. my forearms and my hands would kind of cramp up, so I couldn't really Yet do your much. your forearms are like the strongest forearms I've ever seen. Oh, that's the thing, Kind of had a little bit of <laughs> um, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was kind of weird. I didn't drink enough water. Um, just kind of had whatever during the meals, and that was it. So, you know, it's hot in Arizona. I mean, we, it was inside, but obviously, you know, it's 80,000 people there or whatever, and you're playing a football game, you kind of run out of water a little bit quicker. I just yeah. remember Taysom Hill teasing you, calling you like the oh, everybody Velociraptor was. Yeah, or something. Yeah, T-Rex, all that stuff. So <laughs> I still get it, so I'm hopefully I'm going to drink a lot more water before the games. Oh, it's funny stuff. Wide receiver Jonah Trenman with us. It is BYU Football Media Day. You've gotten some attention about your speed recently yeah. because uh, you were clocked, according to uh, our good friend Ben Criddle, at a four three two. Can you yeah. confirm that? I can. Um, that was the, the strength and conditioning coaches did that for us, so that wasn't something my friends or whatever did for me or whatever. But yeah, so it was pretty legit. Um, the whole team ran pretty good time, so uh, yeah, legit and yeah. Uh, is anyone close to that on the team? Uh, Bo Tanner ran like a four three eight so he's he's fast too so i don't think he ran as well as he could have so bo's right behind me so we're the two fast guys on the team we're hoping to make big plays because of that do we uh have plans to see you and your speed used more this year because i know you've returned one kick yeah there was kind of I, I remember two deep balls to you toledo and cincinnati right i mean more hopefully obviously. yeah i hope so i mean i don't call the shots or anything i wish i did but um, well right now you do on the air right now no, but um, <laughs> yeah i mean hope so we have like i said all the receivers on our team really can do it um so yeah i'm hoping we can you know throw more deep balls just use our speed me and bow speed to score now we've seen that block that you threw in the poinsettia bowl for oh, jamal yeah. williams yeah. Uh, a few times on replay for those watching on byu tv how much of your off-season preparation and conditioning deals with blocking for the running backs and not just catching the ball and being the hero? Right. Um, I don't know. I think if you want the ball, if you want the rock, you got to block. So that's what I kind of learned growing if up. If you want the rock, you gots to block. Yeah, exactly. I think we should adjust that. Gots to block. <laughs> gots to block. We could do that. But, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, we don't really do a ton of blocking drills in the summer, but it's more like, you know, catching, you know, throwing with Tanner chemistry. But – yeah, I mean, during fall camp, we do blocking stuff. But, yeah, that was kind of a crazy thing. I didn't even know I pushed him to the ground. So I just flipped back and saw Jamal running, and that dude knocked me to the ground. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Cool play.
Chicks dig the long ball, not blocking. Oh, you know well, what I mean. Listen, that's, that's why during the summer. Listen, got, when we can highlight it that way, yeah. there is just as much respect yeah. and appreciation exactly. for something true. like that. Very true. Jonah, great hair, Thank great you. speed, Thank and you. we wish you a great season, man. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Good to talk with uh, with Jonah Trinman again. Wide receiver Four, three, leading two. the way. Woo! Four three two. Which uh, I I think I can run twenty five yards in four three two. He's a five three forty. Hey, yeah. one full five second. one six unofficial. As, Maybe as, a, third, as a mid thirties guy, man. Jonah the freeze versus Spencer. The freeze. Uh, next, Elisa Tuiaki coming in the defensive coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. Throughout the day, there's offerings on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and web chats on BYUtv.org with Lauren Frankham. Those are tons of fun. Check those out as well. I believe the next ones are scheduled for 2 Eastern time on BYUtv.org. Our next guest, the defensive coordinator for BYU football, Elisa Tuiaki. Our Twitter question today, what questions do you have for our guest today? And let's begin with this coach at Jeff Aka tweeting in, ask Tuiaki what his 40 time is. Now? Yeah. Man, probably like 5'4". If I'm lucky. Spencer ran a 5'3". Should we have a race off? A 40 off? You're not going to beat me. I'm going to trip you up or something. <laughs> I'm going to get to the finish line before you. <laughs> what was your What was your uh, peak? You know, forty time in your heyday. You know, as a player, right? You're like, dude, I'm like a four five. I was probably realistically maybe a four seven, okay, four eight if I was lucky. You know, you kind of get to the age where you let things sink in and accept reality, and you're like, I was not a 4-5. <laughs> a mental 4-5. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, for the record, unofficially 5-1-6, okay? Oh, Un- right. Unofficially a lot of things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Coach, it's hard to believe. We were just talking during the break that, uh, man, it's it's been a year, and we're here again. This is year two for you as the defensive coordinator with this new staff, things in place. Why do you feel like – most staffs going from year one to year two make such a significant jump. What is it about the year one to year two jump that uh, makes you just feel so much better about things? I think I think most of it is just really the players, you know, where you start to get uh, kids in the same system and you start to get them start to uh, understand the nuances of little uh, schematical uh, things that, you know, you point out on film that probably doesn't click the first year, then all of a sudden the, the aha moment hits for them and, you know, like this this spring was really cool to see them um, perform. Some of these kids making adjustments on their own, and you start to feel like, uh, you know, a driver's ed teacher. You're just kind of giving them the keys, and they're doing it. And, and uh, I think that's what it's about. Those guys really take ownership and taking it over, and, and uh, the defense ends up becoming theirs, which is what it should be. Before the season, you said the top two teams, if I recall, the top two things defensively were points allowed and takeaways. You You finished 14th in the country. In scoring defense and second in takeaways, was that how you were hoping it would pl- it would play out as a defense? Because it was pretty pretty good. Yeah, I, I, th- I thought that was that was uh, good. You know, the, the kids did a great job, and, you know, and I always want to make sure that we give them the credit because you don't see any of us old guys making tackles. You know, it's them doing it, them making the plays, and them making the corrections, and they did a really good job. The emphasis obviously was, was on getting takeaways and and uh, you know limit limit them to the amount of uh, possessions they have will obviously limit the, the score and so um, they did a really good job but 
but yeah, the focus continues to stay on that because I think those are the most uh, the two stats that matter the most. <clears throat> the numbers obviously good, as we just pointed out from last year. What would a step forward look like for the BYU defense this year, coming off a season where you got numbers that uh, were pretty favorable? I think I think it's uh, you know just make making improvements every single week and. Um, it, it's hard to say how a game will end up being. Obviously, we go in hoping and uh, planning to win every single game, and you know nobody goes in planning to lose or anything like that. But you know we plan to to uh, continue to to play great defense, to um, you know have some big hits like the ones that that uh, Butch is, is uh, known for this last year, and you get other guys kind of telling their own story in their own way, and it's cool to see that. Lots of playmakers back. Let's talk about some of the question marks about uh, a guy like Kainakua, who is with the Cleveland Browns right now. Who are some of the guys that could potentially play in his spot? You know, you get Micah back, you know, at the safety spot, which is always good to get some some guys uh, who have played in the system, and then some of the other guys that had reps, um, like uh, Tanner Jacobson. You get some of the young corners that might potentially play there, being in the same system and understanding it. I mean, those those guys you you expect to to step up and. And, and play and so um you never really talk about replacing a guy or letting somebody come in i mean kai was kai he was really good at what he did good player great kid but um you know tanner had a really good spring and i know i'm probably missing some names you know uh, zane anderson really good spring as well so there's there's some guys that will step up and and uh, create their own stories as they go yeah, not Tanner Mangum had a good spring. Tanner Jacobson had a Tanner good spring. Tanner Jacobson. <laughs> There's more than one Tanner you're, you're on the football You team. have a Tanner on your side of the ball to worry about. <laughs> Absolutely. Nine of the ten coaches on the staff graduated from BYU. You're the one guy that uh, has a different school next to his name. Now, how do you use that as leverage or to kind of set yourself apart from the other coaches? <laughs> I don't use it as leverage. Or I don't really t- we don't really talk much about it. You know, it's uh, – um, it was the right fit for me at the time, and I would have given my left arm to come to BYU, but the truth was it just wasn't in the works for me. And so um, I probably would have walked on here. Um, but Galani was a GA here. He ended up taking his, his, his job over there at SCU, and, and he talked me into coming with him, and he's a great recruiter. And so I went with him, and it ended up working out perfectly for me. Now, BYU could have just seen your 4-5 speed. Then maybe Man, would be different, they right? would—they would have loved me. I would have been running the water in, <laughs> like boom. TV timeout. I got it. Here you go. Here you go. Drink up. You just need—you just need some elder gentleman with a, a slippery finger, just a, <laughs> a little early, and then you would have been. Um, when, when you look at the pass rush of this team, what kind of uh, strides do you think you're making in terms of maybe personnel or scheme that maybe you can get a, a, a few more sacks, a few more attacks for loss? You know that. Uh, that that all comes with time, you know. Obviously, personnel plays plays into it, but um, in my experience, just just teaching uh, pass rush and teaching all that, it's it's a holistic thing for the whole D line. Um, one guy always gets the sack, and everybody sees it on TV, and they give him the credit. But in our room, it's we one guy gets a sack, we all get a sack because it all works together. Um, making the quarterback feel like his world is collapsing on him happens when everybody's doing their job. If you get two guys doing a really good job pass rushing, but two guys freelancing, it doesn't work like that, at least in, in the way that we teach it. And so, um, you know, our our whole thing is uh, the, the the quarterback is the most important guy on offense. If you can disrupt his timing, you can disrupt the whole play. And so for us, it's about making the quarterback move his feet and making his timing change. And if you can do that as a D-line, sacks will come. 
It'll end up coming. I don't know who's going to end up getting it. Majority of the defensive ends always get it, but but for the most part, we all, as a defensive line group, celebrate that, and and they and they should. I think it should be like that. So much attention has been paid to the linebacking core that you bring back, and it's an obvious strength that you have on the defensive side of the football. What's the biggest question mark that you have about your defense coming back in 2017? You know, the uh, the question mark every year at any program that you're at is always about new guys coming in and how fast they can get it. Um, we've we've got some great kids with with a little bit. So the thing is, we've got some experience at the D tackle spot, but they're not as experienced as Logan Taylor and, and losing Travis Tuloma. But you know, Tevita Molnar at the D tackle spot is probably the uh, is where we're focusing the question. Is that you got a lot of good defensive ends coming back? The backers come back. The DBs are all intact and. You lose Kai, but you're, you know, another one of those guys come in. And so the D-tackle spot, who ends up being, you know, the guys. I, I always go into a game thinking five D-tackles are going to play. Um, and so if we can, if we, there's a lot of youth there. It's just really how fast can Big Mo learn to hold up blocks and really be disruptive, as well as Lorenzo Falta and Alden uh, Tofa. You know, there's new names is really what it is. But you got Kesney Tausinga, you got uh, who has who has experience. You got Meti Tautel who has Talia Uli who has experience. Um, Handsome Tainel who has experience. You know, you've got guys here with experience. It's just they don't have as much experience as the other guys. And so it's really who are the five guys that are going to step in and be the D-tackles. You mentioned Mo Lange. I was going to ask you what it would take for him to get on the field at some point. I think some people think, oh, yeah, he's going to contribute right away. He hasn't really played football. This may take some time. Yeah, yeah. It, every every guy who has – I mean, I've, I've coached several guys who haven't played football, and then some guys get it a little bit quicker than others, and some guys it takes a little bit of time. But, you know, if, uh, if, if they're pay, Cougar Nation, just be patient with him, and, and uh, you know, he could end up being really, really good this year. It could end up taking a year. I don't, I don't know. But we haven't had a, had a chance to coach him yet because of uh, the rules and all that stuff. But we're excited about it and see what he can do. It took Ziggy like three years, and he was in incredible shape. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it just takes time for a guy to figure it out. Elisa Tuiaki, the defensive coordinator for BYU, with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's take a look at the schedule. Obviously, you start early, August 26th, in zero week against Portland State. And then shortly thereafter, we have games that we are looking at that Jeremy and I on uh, BYU Sports Nation have dubbed the Furious Five. Okay, LSU, (laughs) Utah, Wisconsin, Mississippi State, and Boise State. We think there's a distinction between these five and the other eight. You don't have to say that. We're saying <laughs> We can offer our opinions and do things like that. Uh, how much do you focus on the entirety of the schedule at a point like this on June 23rd compared to just Portland State on August 26th? Uh, you know, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to just say that ah, we're not focusing on the other ones. I mean, it's obviously they're, they're there and we're excited about it. It's a tough schedule. That's what we want. And but uh, it you know for us for our players it really realistically is about just the first one. And Portland State's done a really good job in all their um, you know in the past few years uh, upsetting teams you know and upsetting teams. But really they're, they're a good program. They do a good job, and so we got to make sure that we we show up. But if th- there's you know to me there there's no face on the opponent, right? If I tell you to to uh, two gap or I tell you to one gap. It doesn't matter who's on the other side, whether it's a Portland State guy or a ULSU guy. Your job description never changed. And so it's really getting the kids to buy into what I do matters, what they do doesn't really matter. We're just going to play, and we're going we're gonna to do what we do. 
The good news with Portland State is that former Cougar Alex Caressa is not the quarterback and will not be dancing around <laughs> next year because he was a senior and, and he's over. Those five are interesting because let's say you win the other eight and you lose all five of those. It'd be a little weird because those are kind of showcase games. Those are going to be more nationally relevant. So Portland State is week one. But how much of an opportunity is there for this program to continue to showcase what it is, like last year, in meaningful games against really good opponents on national TV? No, I mean, those those games, you've, you've got to show up. And I thought the last year was good. I mean, we could have, uh, could have, should have, would have, whatever, you know. But uh, I, I think the bottom line is we showed up, competed, and, um, you know, um, hopefully we can, we can pull away with some of those wins, uh, some of the ones that escaped us last year. But it's, uh, it's very important that we come in and, win games really <laughs> I'm hoping we have another string of seven consecutive close ones just for everyone's uh, cardiac arrest you know? yes yeah. yes <laughs> hey I, I didn't get the chance to ask Kalani uh, who his favorite linebacker is so I'm going to ask you no I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> Coach Kafusi, you guys didn't hear that he's the best man Wait, I thought he played D-line <laughs> good stuff uh, Coach Tuiaki with us great to have you with us man thank you appreciate it We'll see you on the course, and you know which one. Yes, yes, we'll see you, okay? <laughs> Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we've got a whole other hour to get to, including the Heisman Trophy winner and offensive coordinator Ty Detmer, his quarterback Tanner Mangum, and Fred Warner. Almost has as good a hair as Jonah Trineman. Oh, we'll see. He'll this is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us, 2017 Media Day. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on Media Day, version 2017. Basically one hour down and one to go. What's better than one hour of BYU Sports Nation, Jeremy? I Jerem? think uh, Mo Longy hours. Yes. Uh, yeah, two hours. So second hour coming up. Uh, guests from that include Ty Emmer, Tanner Mang, and Fred Warner. Now we're number two. But hour number one was loaded. It was great. Oh, man. Talk about the head coach, Kalani Satake, coming in, leading us off in terms of interviews today on BYU Sports Nation. We asked him what messages he wants to get out specifically today. What does he want people to know about BYU football and what he brings back on June 23rd? And then Luke Staley. It was great to have the Doak Walker Award winner from 2001 in Studio B making his debut here uh, with us on BYUSN. He was asked what his best game was and his best play as a BYU Cougar. Absolutely. Plenty more to come on BYU TV and BYU Radio in hour number two. I cannot wait. Don't forget, Behind the Mic with Greg Rebell and the Lavelle Edwards Coaching Tree are also more specialized content on the way. Don't go anywhere. The Heisman Trophy winner, Ty Detmer and company, back. Hour 2 of BYU Sports Nation on Media Day. Hour 2 of this BYU Football Media Day special is live. BYU Sports Nation rolling, and it's loaded, Jerem. Heisman winner and offensive coordinator Ty Detmer, quarterback Tanner Mangum, linebacker Fred Warner, and quarterback Diane Gonwoloku will join us. That was excellent pronunciation. We'll see how Diane feels about that. Plus, honoring Lavelle Edwards in the words of his former players and current players. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by... The BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, wherever and however you're dialed in for our number two. It's great to have you along with us. 
Again, not hard to find us today. We are streaming live on BYU TV, BYU Radio, the apps online at BYUtv.org, and with our good friends ESPN3. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Ty Detmer impersonator Jerem Jordan. Well, I'm very excited today to talk about BYU football. <laughs> uh, we're going we're gonna to change the offensive scheme completely. And uh, we're just going to run the single single wing this year. He just in heard, honor of Eldon Forti. You may have heard Ty Detmer just say uh, off the top of the show, "Do I even need to be here?" <laughs> yes, Ty, you do need to be. We here, actually man. have a lot of questions for you, so yeah. yeah, I can do your voice. I can't call plays. Is this impersonation yeah. getting any better? No. <laughs> Is your offense? No. <laughs> Let's hope that your offense is better than my impersonation. That's, that's what we have. If you have questions for Ty or any of our guests today, use the hashtag BYUSN. E- either Ty. Yeah. Are you trying yeah. to say the offense wasn't good? No, I oh. think it was good. Okay, just checking. Yeah, I think the run game was excellent. <laughs> Jeremy, he's, he's bringing it back today, man. I know. Oh. He's I joked, got it all stored I, up. I joked at the Y Awards. You had, you had Jamal Williams. How hard was it to call plays for that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. Now, before Super we go hard. back to Ty, we're going to sneak in uh, a few headlines for those of you who may have missed. BYU football has announced it will wear a Lavelle Edwards patch on its jersey this season. Also, the team will retire the number six in honor of Mark Wilson, Robbie Bosco, those great quarterbacks, and the running back, y'all, Luke Staley. Also announced the state of the program, ESPN extends the contract by picking up the ninth-year option in the TV deal with BYU. So now BYU on ESPN through at least 2019. Now. ESPN listed Eric Mika, speaking of basketball quickly, as the ninth-best undrafted player. We have learned that Eric will sign to play with the Miami Heat in the NBA's Summer League. Good luck to Eric. They're worst places uh, to be, you know. And Daniel Summerhays is six under par through 15 holes, tied for fourth at the Travelers' Championship. The former BYU alum doing work. Yeah, still looking for that first PGA Tour win. He's right there once again. Okay, now let's go back to Ty Detmer, who, as I said earlier, yes, you need to be here. You're, you're an integral part of Media Day, Ty, <laughs> whether you like it or not. Uh, what's the feeling like for you this day now compared to how it was last year? Uh, you know, last year was, I mean, I, I'd waking up every morning at 4 a.m. like, uh, what are we going to do? Um, so this year has been a little more calm, been able to enjoy uh, being here and, and uh, spring ball and getting to know the players a little more, not feeling so, you know, scatterbrained that you got to get everything in and how are we going to do this, how are we going to do that. You kind of we know the drill now. We've been through it and uh, can kind of dig in and enjoy it a little more. When did you get to the point where you didn't feel like you needed to wake up at 4 a.m. anymore? Um, or do you still? I still actually time to time do. You know, you start looking at the schedule and, and the clock's ticking in our offices <laughs> with 61 days to game day or whatever it is now. It, that thing will not quit. Baby. It will not quit ticking. No, it's, you know, it's coming. So you never, you know, feel totally relaxed um, with the season coming. You know, there's always something in the back of your mind that you feel like you got to get done or we got to talk about and and uh you know but it's a little less now than it was last year what did you learn about yourself as a play caller after one year in college uh as you said that the run game was good so you know i don't think uh when you got jamal like you said how hard is it to call plays just don't be (laughs) dumb give him the ball right um but no i think um 
the hope was you wouldn't go in in the first game. We'd have six delay of game penalties and burn all our timeouts in the first series. That the players would be able to get in in timely manner, and and also that you realize you got help. You know, we got coaches on the headsets, and and our staff is great. We communicate well. Um, you know, they're sharp guys that give you some feedback between series. That okay, you know, you can get to these plays too. So you're not in it just by yourself. You've got help. Um, I'm able to, you know, get it in timely manner, and we're able to to run the show. And and uh, that was the concern last year. Was like, man, okay, all this pressure. Well, it's it's still 40 second play clock, just like it was in high school. Um, you got probably a little more help at this level with the other the other coaches that are there working with you. And uh, and so, you know, as the season went on, a little more calm and and no one pregame jitters weren't quite as bad as the season went on. We hear a lot about the game slowing down for players on the field and, you know, things starting to kind of materialize. Does that same concept apply as an offensive coordinator? It does, definitely. Um, you know, and like I said, we've got great staff, coaches that we communicate. And, and so as the game goes on, I, you know, last year we were a little better second-half team um, because of adjustments we were able to make and communication with coaches and players and and uh, kind of figure out what we're seeing because, you know, we're we're not a spread team. And so some there's some games where we – all we have is spread – teams to watch and so how are they going to play us with a tight end maybe two tight ends or fullback you know they play you differently and so sometimes you go into a game not sure you kind of have an idea but you're not sure what you're going to see so those first couple series are feel it out a little bit what are we getting how are they playing us and then you can start tweaking and and making adjustments and the players kind of get it and and uh, the coaches coach them up, and then at halftime you make some adjustments, and we were able to kind of get going. Seems like when you have a new coaching staff and you implement these, you know, new s- schemes, you're trying to match up a little bit. Like, what's the strength of the personnel versus what we want to establish long term with the scheme? So, what kind of progress has been made in matching the personnel to scheme, or vice versa? Yeah, well, I think you know, recruiting goes into that. Uh, you know, we moved Moroni to tight end, so we brought him down put his hand on the ground Matt Bushman came off a mission was like oh this guy oversized receiver in high school he would be a great tight end candidate you know it's the same thing so he and Moroni are 6'5 230 and kind of where they need to be Um, and so that helps kind of tweak things and and get to where you want to be using the tight end a little more in the passing game uh, Tanner and Hunter did great, and and uh, but they don't quite have the down the field stretch that Moroni and, and Matt Bushman do. So um, it it is matching your personnel, figuring out what you have, and then let's try to put them in a position that that they can be the most successful. And and now a different group of guys this year a little bit with with that position. So how do we move them around? How do we get our backs involved? Or trade eyes, maybe a better receiver out of the backfield kj hall move him around a little bit um you know mix and match those guys so it'll be a different different feel different um look a little bit um as opposed to last year where get jamal back there and and give him or Taysom a a two-way go and and uh, allow them to kind of handle the run game that type of deal so Every year is a little different, and it'll be that way just based on guys coming and going. And, uh, you know, we've got some good young receivers that are 
chomping at the bit to, to get their name out there with the, some of the greats that have played here. Jonah Trinneman just told us if he could have his way, he would triple last year's touchdown pass total from 15 to 45. So, How does that sound, Ty? <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Let's do it. There's a lot of questions about yeah, It's that simple. All right, right? great. Okay, we'll do it. All right, yeah, great. awesome. Uh, a lot of questions about the running back position because you are trying to replace a guy like Jamal Williams, which you can't really do. Um, he doesn't come around very often. But you have some capable players, Squally Canada, Ula Tolutau, we just found out, has uh, put his weight down to 250. He's getting stronger and faster. Riley Burt, uh, you mentioned K.J. Hall. What what kind of a running back scheme are we going to see this year? Yeah, I mean, you may see two tailbacks in there together. Maybe Braden Elbacheries or fullback. So, you know, you add him to the mix. Great receiver out of the backfield as well. Um Maybe more two tights and and single back. It, it, you know, every every week would be a little different. Um, but that running back group, they all bring something different to the table. And so it's up to us as coaches to get them in the right situation, the right type of play call for them, and then utilize their strengths to their you know to their advantage. Give people an idea of what. BYU has at receiver right now. You, you just mentioned some guys are, you know, itching to get their names out there. BYU loses the top three receivers from last year, yet there's some good young talent in that group. There is, and that that's probably the biggest question you get from people around town is, well, who are the receivers going to be? And, and uh, you know, Talon Shumway got a little playing time last year, but having four senior receivers, those guys didn't really – the guys behind them didn't get much of an opportunity to really get in rotation. Um, but, you know, you, you got Jonah back, who's now got experience, been in the system. We kind of know him a little better. Got to find ways to get him the ball more. Uh, Aleva Hifo got playing time as a freshman and is very dynamic. Now knowing the offense, unfortunately, missed spring ball, so he didn't get some reps there. Uh, Micah Simon had a really good spring, brings, you know, a, a little more of a speed factor to the game. Akili Davis, same type of deal. Um, so, you know, Bo Tanner's there. That's one of the faster guys as well. That was year one. Um, you know, there's guys there. And uh, as a coaching staff, we feel very good about those guys. And, it, you know, just because maybe you haven't heard their name and as much as, as you know, Kurtz and Jurgens and, you know, Pearson and th- those guys doesn't mean they can't play. Yeah, continuity is comfortable, right? And and these some of these guys are new, but this is going to be their opportunity this year. Now, you were very clear and outspoken about Tanner Mangum's progression after spring ball, saying, look, he knows the offense better. He spent a lot of time in film and the playbook, and he just feels more comfortable in it. This question now in furthering that thought from at Twiggier Stone, what do we need to see from Tanner Mangum in camp to know that he is ready for this challenging schedule? Well, hopefully you don't see a lot because we're not putting a lot out there for <laughs> Portland State and LSU and Utah and everybody else. But, no, um, I just think seeing him get through progressions quickly, getting the ball out of his hand quickly, if he's sitting there holding it a long time, we got problems. You know, that's, that's not a good sign. That's either we're not open or we're not sure what we're looking at. So um, if if he's going through his reads and the ball's coming out quickly, he's he's got it. And uh, and he did that in the spring. He completed a very high percentage of throws. The ball, he wasn't holding it and having to move around and buy time, although that's one of his strengths um, that he can do that. Uh, so, you know, the hope is that he's comfortable and, and he's 
getting it going through his progression really quickly and and understanding it, getting the check downs quickly. If he's getting to the backs, you know, fairly quick, that means he's gone through his progression and he's checked it down and the ball's out of his hand and we're not holding it. When you look at the 2017 schedule, 13 games, some really good ones on there. What's the the word that comes to your mind? What's the emotion that you have when you look at that schedule? I don't know. I mean, I I don't really go and just look at a full year schedule. You know, you you kind of break it down a little bit into quarters. You know, at times, and uh, you know, for me, it's Portland State. I mean, that every year you see it where you know an FCS team or or something jumps up and and gets a Power Five team, and so you got to fight that challenge. I think having youth. Uh, at our skilled positions will help us. They've kind of got some unknowns themselves, so hopefully they're not overlooking Portland State, looking ahead to the rest of the schedule because Portland State plays good ball. And, uh, you know, just coach speak, cliches, you know, one game at a time. But for us, we, we took a couple days of spring ball and just focused on Portland State and went against what – what they're going to do. We didn't go against LSU or Utah or Wisconsin. We we went against our first game because that's the most important for us. And uh, but overall, I mean, it's it is a fun, challenging schedule with different games on the road, different parts of the country, and and uh, that's kind of what makes Independence neat. Is uh, we we get to go all over and, and play great teams. That's nice, Ty. So you're telling me in 1990 <laughs> that before you played at UTEP. Before Miami, people forget there was another game. So you didn't think about Miami at all. You were only thinking. Well, about you're UTEP. you're thinking about. It. I mean, we've watched LSU, we've watched Utah, <laughs> we've watched some of those as a coaching staff. Yeah, you don't yeah. want the players doing that. But, yeah. uh, but so when but you were a player them. in '90, you play at UTEP. You're like, oh, we got this in the bag the year before. We probably killed them. <laughs> we did, but <laughs> so there's there's no other. I mean, college football is crazy because even in high school, you have a couple scrimmages to get ready and get guys. I see them in game speed. You get one game. College, you you or just no games. No games. You yeah. you practice, and it's hard to simulate game speed. So things get on guys quickly, and uh, and so that UTEP game for us, it was still yeah Miami's sitting there, but that first game is, the, I mean you're going into it blind a little bit, and so uh, you got to play, and, and a lot of times those those first games are a lot closer than maybe they would week two or three. The good news is, or the bad news, the overreaction to whatever happens against Portland State will be enormous. Oh, yeah. If you win 70 to nothing, it'll be, oh, BYU is ready for LSU. We are on it. We've got it covered. <laughs> LSU's in big trouble. If it's 35 to 14, it'll be like, oh, BYU gave up only one by 21. You know, it's going to be fun no matter what. Well, that, I mean, that's, that's every week, though. Here. That's part of being a fan, right? That's, that's the BYU, it's the BYU <laughs> yeah. fan culture. Ty, it's great to have you with us. Uh, by the way, at Jeff Aka tweets in, Ask Ty to do impersonations of you guys. I don't know if you want to do that on the spot. You oh, can't, or you can work on that. I might have that. to work a little bit on that. and then bring it later. Jerem Jordan here. <laughs> <laughs> We're both kind of nasally. I mean, well, I, mean I can't really make fun of somebody that talks nasally. It's not off. Like, no, I got it. <laughs> I, can I bring that, a mustache next time and I'll prepare really, a little bit? Really solid. The old mustache, Jerem Jordan. Oh, wow. You're going way back. <laughs> Even I've forgotten about that. You should just shave your head, too, and do the whole deal. Uh, that wouldn't look I got too skinny a head. We already so. have to stare at Elias Tuiaki, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
That was priceless, Ty. That was so good. I noticed uh, he didn't try and do you. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't need to do me. He already he you just won. You just won the, the, the award. Que- man. The question was of you guys. No, plural. No, I see it. He didn't right try there. to do me either, though. That's, well, no, it's just you for us. I know, but he didn't. He I, hasn't tried to do me, has he? No. Well, he does Bill Walton and Adam Sandler and Lou. Oh Holtz. boy! Yeah, I remember Ty Detmer throwing seventy-five touchdown passes in three games. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And when I came off the bench, I was the best six man that ever played the game. <laughs> <laughs> he gets it. He gets it. Ty, great to have you with us. Uh, obviously, this is a very fun day. We're excited about what's to come. And sixty-four days. That clock's still running, man. I know it's ticking. So. 63 and change now. When you wake up at 4 a.m., just think about plugging your nose. (laughs) That hopefully is not the first thing I think of at 4 a.m. Please don't think of me first. (laughs) Yeah. Please. Oh, so good. Up next, Tanner Mangum, the quarterback in Ty Detmer's offense coming in, and he's got his mom with him. Tanner Mangum. Karen's here. What's up, Karen? What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Ahern Rental. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation on Media Day, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio, streaming on ESPN3 as well. Download the apps if you've missed anything. Conversation rolling right now on Twitter. Follow out BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. You want to tune in today at 4 Eastern as those who were influenced by Lavelle Edwards share their thoughts on his impact. This is going to be a great show on football and their lives like Mike Holmgren. I'd get asked about Lavelle. If I was asked about Lavelle, it was easy to talk about him. But I went in talking a philosophy with my coaches and young coaches who went on to become head coaches. You know, I would always reference him as to how to treat people. Much more to come from Mike Holmgren. We also heard uh, earlier from Mike Leach, uh, the offensive genius at Washington State. That I cannot wait for all that. Kyle Whittingham, Andy Reid also involved in I mean, that a who's show. who of coaches, right, in college, in the NFL. It's going to be an amazing program coming up. This afternoon at 4 Eastern. Yeah, looking forward to it. What questions do you have for our guests on BYU Sports Nation today? That is our Twitter approach. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Joining us now in Studio B, following up by offensive coordinator Ty Detmer, is the quarterback, Tanner Mingham. Tanner, good to have you back in Studio B. Great to be back. What's up, Thanks. man? How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Feeling good. We're like, you... a, like a month and three days away from reporting to camp. I know. So, so I know. what's the next me, month I've been, like? I've been keeping track. Do you get some time off? A little bit, yeah. Season? So like this week, uh, and then and then next week we have a little bit of a little bit of time off. So got to make the most of it because then once we come back, like we report back July sixth after Fourth of July, and then then from there it's three weeks to fall camp, and then then it's go time. So I'm excited. I'm gathering that you're okay with the early season start on August twenty sixth. Yeah. No, I, I was glad they added that game. You know, just the earlier the better, the sooner the better, and uh, it's, it's it's gone by fast. I think. This off season has gone by way faster than than last off season. I think it just I, like I still feel like we just finished the season. You know, I feel like we didn't we didn't play the bowl game that long ago, but here we are, gearing up for uh, you know 2017. So I just hope there's no rain in the forecast yeah, we, on August 26. We've been sitting in the rain Hopefully. too much together. I, I know <laughs> spring game, the bowl game. Yeah, watching <laughs> the notebook together. Like it's just been <laughs> awkward for everybody. Hopefully August 26 is a little bit sunnier, but we'll see. Either way, I'm we, excited. 
when you look at the whole process of this buildup with you, we've been talking about you being the starting quarterback at BYU. And, yes, 2015 happened. That was kind of this, like, <laughs> poof emergency, yeah, right? Feels like a while ago. Yeah. When did you commit to BYU? What year? 2010. 2010. So I, this has been a yeah. seven-year process. My junior year, 2010, I committed. Actually, so it actually would have been spring of 2011. Spring of 2011, okay. I committed. Still six years. Yeah. Six and a half years until the, you know, to the season. Know. What's this journey been like as you've built up to this moment where it's like, all right, I'm the starting quarterback, and, and this is yeah. our offense? I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about. I, actually, I remember doing an interview in high school with Rod Zendel at KSL, I think. And uh, I was a senior in high school, and, we, and I was talking about, yeah, like, I'm going to go on my mission, and so I probably won't be playing until like 2015. And that was like four years in advance. And, you know, lo and behold, it happened. And, uh, and now here we are, 2017. I don't know. It, it, time's just weird. Time has, has a weird it, – it goes by fast sometimes. It goes by slow sometimes. But uh, I think, you know, it's, it's finally here. I'm, like, I feel like I'm in, the, I'm in the perfect spot now personally. I, like, I'm feeling really good, feeling really motivated. I think I've worked harder this offseason than I ever have, um, both in the weight room, film room, throwing, just everything. I'm feeling really confident. And but not just me. I think a lot of the guys are the same way. I think we know this year's a special year. So in order to make it special, we got to put in the work. So we've been we've been grinding. We've been working really hard to make sure that uh, we can you know accomplish the dreams that we have for ourselves this year. What went into you deciding that okay, I'm going to take it up another notch. Like I'm going to do things that I've never done before to prepare myself for a season that uh, I've never had before. I think a, a lot of it just came down to realizing you know what I'm I'm going to be a junior now. Um, you know, upperclassmen. There's no 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 excuses, no mission excuse, no oh I'm the backup excuse. Like this is my time now. Like I'm I'm starting. We've got a big schedule coming up with a potential you know to get us to national playoff, and um, you know I got to be able to I got to be on my A game and I got to lead the team and set the example. You know if, if I want the team to be great, then I have to set that tone. So I I think I just kind of take it on myself to to step it up a notch to be able to to be better we've been we've been good you know and we've had good seasons but we want to have a great season so I think we've just we've all had to step it up a notch statistically we're used to seeing certain thresholds and you cross those and you go oh that's good like a quarterback throws for 300 in a game and three Mm -hmm. touchdowns this offense is more ball control it's more controlling the clock is it like the run game matters a lot in establishing things if certain thresholds like 303 aren't crossed but you still win it's it's kind of different for the fan base. How, how do you feel about this transition with this offense? Yeah, I, I think it, it like you said, it is a little bit different. You know, it's not going to be like uh, you know, there are some schools out there they're just throwing the ball sixty times a game, and it's it's, it's, it's so it's different. But I, I don't care. I, like honestly, as long as we're winning games, I'm happy. You know, people were giving us a hard time about about Wyoming, and you know, how like I, I think I threw for like. I don't know. I don't even remember. Well, how, sub 100. Sub yards, like 80 yeah. yards, you know. Yeah. And, and, and I was, but I was like, I was just happy. Like now, when I think back on that game, I'm just happy we got a win. Now that I look at um, in the seniors on that team and to be, able to, to be able to go out with a victory was awesome. So that's that's all that matters to me. And, and if we're winning games, that means we're getting closer to our goal, you know, which is a national championship. So whatever way we get there, uh, I'm happy. It's like Hail Marys. Sometimes they're 42 yards against Nebraska. Sometimes they're five yes. against Wyoming. <laughs> so, so, the yardage doesn't always matter. Tanner Mangum, the, the renegade factor. That's what Kalani Sataki the said. The renegade factor. called you a renegade. Yeah, I'm working on it, though. Yeah. <laughs> Got to be smart, though. Calculated risk. Yes, calculated risk, and he used that term as yeah. well. Uh, Tanner, when you look at 
now approaching your junior season, and we're 64 days away from Portland State. Where do you feel like you need to get better in the next 64 days to be ready for game number one? Man, that's a good question because I think I'm working on I'm working on a lot of things. But I think uh, I was just listening to Coach Coach Demmer a little bit earlier talking about um, you know just getting the ball out of my hands quickly and just you know being being in control and not holding on to it, not trying to improvise too much. I think that's the main thing. So I think. It, it, that's that's kind of hard to simulate right now where we don't have a full defense and I don't have a full blitz coming after me. Um, so right now I'm just working on just footwork and accuracy and, and like timing with the receivers. So we're going out and throwing a lot and just making sure that we're on the same page. I know where he's going to be. I, I, like he knows where I expect him to be. So that's what we're working on right now. And then come fall camp is really going to, you know, vamp up the preparation of just – seeing the defense, seeing the coverage, seeing the blitz, and then being able to get the ball out of my hands quickly. So I'm, that's why I'm pumped for fall camp to come around because then we can get a full, you know, 11 on 11, you know, full full contact going. So um, I think that's the main thing is just, is just kind of getting getting sharpened up. But I'm feeling feeling really good. I think I'm uh, just feeling really confident overall. Music to the ears of BYU fans. And uh, just for good measure, Tanner, this was tweeted in from at Mary D. Blanchard. My question for Tanner Mangum is seriously, who cuts his hair? Because it is looking so good. You know, shout out to Tito's. Tito, Tito's Salon. Oh, Tito, Tito's? Yeah, you, yeah, I don't. It's, yeah. it's, uh, Mitch Matthews actually introduced me to it. Um, Typically, that's not the guy you want to introduce him <laughs> for a what haircut. What are you talking about? Mitch has got great style. Well, it's improved a lot. Maybe Tito's is the one that took it to the next level. Yeah. But my girl, Cynthia Tito's, she's uh, from Argentina. We speak Spanish the whole time. Oh, so that's great. It's fun. There you go. Yeah, Argentinian and Chilean yep. you know, culture can can get along. Oh, yeah. Off, sure. the, off the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I bet you didn't think you were going to discuss that, did I you? I didn't. No, it's all good. You never know what to expect on Studio B. I know. It's all about that hard part, so man. so true. That's uh, good <laughs> and bad. You should thing. join us. Right <laughs> no. <laughs> Tanner, great to have you with us, man. Thanks for having me. The quarterback, y'all, just had his word. Now, Diane Gonwoloku, or Diane Guacamole, if you're tied at Mer, discusses the 2017 <laughs> secondary. But first... But another guy with good hair, Fred Warner, will talk about how oh, he's preparing for his final season as a BYU Cougar. <laughs> this is BYU it's Sports Nation. show Bob in the house, show Bob. <laughs> Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. 2017 Media Day. Yeah. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. We just spoke with Tanner Mangum. Great stuff from the BYU quarterback. Why does he feel more confident than ever? Download the podcast, uh, BYU TV, BYU Radio apps, or the podcast itself on iTunes and other places. Also, uh, Behind the Mic with Greg Rebell coming up 2 to 5 Eastern time. That starts at the top of the hour on BYU Radio. Refreshing today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football has announced it will wear a Lavelle Edwards patch on the team's jerseys this season. We have one with us on Studio B. It's part of uh, our helmet center front uh, there. You can take a look at that uh, online. We've tweeted out pictures of it. Really cool stuff. Also, the team will retire the number six this season in honor of quarterbacks Mark Wilson and Robbie Bosco and the running back Luke Staley. Also announced in the state of the program, ESPN has picked up the ninth-year option in the TV deal with BYU. The two sides are in continued discussions about a possible new contract beyond the year 2019. 
Eric Mika has committed to play for the Miami Heat in the NBA's Summer League. Undrafted last night, but listed by ESPN as the ninth best undrafted NBA free agent. That report that he has joined the Heat coming from Tony Jones of the Salt Lake Tribune. Eric Mika in the next Ronnie Cycli, question mark. And Daniel Summerhays and Zach Blair both done for the day at the Travelers Championship on the PGA Tour. The two BYU alums, how do they fare? Summerhays, six under par, tied for fourth place. What a day on day two. And Blair is nine over, not expected to make the cut. I just remember there's a Lone Peak High School connection with the Miami Heat, right, in the NBA? Justin Hamilton That's is on right. the Nets. He was playing he was for the Heat on at the one heat. point. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, he was getting lots of TV time during the playoffs behind LeBron. He would just always hang behind LeBron. That's a good spot to be. <laughs> I want to hang with LeBron. One of the guys getting plenty of TV time right now in Studio B, Fred Warner, who uh, earlier we said that Jonah Trinneman – May or may well, not have I, had I, better I, hair I don't than remember. Fred Warner. Man. I don't exactly y'all, remember what was. Do y'all said. believe this? No. You're well, man. Now, now that we're seeing it up close, oh, yeah, person, now, now all of a sudden, you know, backpedal, backpedal. Memory. Okay. Also, yeah. I realized you're like six four, two thirty. So that has also swayed my opinion <laughs> lightly. <laughs> don't listen. No. Yeah. Now, at Mary D. Blanchard did give Tanner Mangum a compliment for his good hair, but she said he's his as good as his hair is. He's a very close second to Fred Warner. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Best thank hair, you. On, um, best hair on the team, yeah. man. I think uh, we already established that uh, this yes. is the best, and yeah, that doesn't not, not much more needs to be said. All right, conversation over. <laughs> All right, <laughs> it was great to talk to you, Fred. Good luck in the yeah. coming season. Oh, thank you. Can that fit in the helmet? Easy. 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 Skull cap. Do you need? Uh, I wear a headband, you know, just for sweat, but it's, it doesn't look like this after I take the helmet off, but before it goes on, yeah, it's yeah. pretty easy to get it on. <laughs> Compresses. It, yeah. yeah, it looks kind of ugly, but... Does it go over your ear? Like, you can hear okay, everything's cool? Hear okay, yep. You got everything figured out. Although you, ha- you have kept it above the ear, which is actually above the, the ear, off the neck. Instruction. Uh, yes. So, You're I think, a law abider. Yeah. I think, actually, a lot of people should model their hair after mine, because this is exactly what honor code wants yes so. spencer <laughs> i'll 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 get on it go, go okay. up go up instead of out yes 20 years ago maybe <laughs> okay. yeah fred's great to have you with us uh obviously in studio b i'm having like this nostalgic moment thinking about our first interview oh man we always talk about this. i know when you <laughs> three and a half years ago when yeah. you committed yeah, was, to yeah. byu yeah. And, and you came down and you're hanging out with us and we had like nothing on the set and here we are media day before your senior season man i it's just it's crazy how fast it goes it flies man it does it's been a i feel like it's been i feel like it's been a long three years though i feel like i've been here for a long time now but at the same time like Things do fly by, you know. This is probably one of my last times being on the set before I'm gone. So we'll have you on a few more times yeah. between the now and the NFL draft. Okay, next perfect. year. Thanks. Speaking of, okay, let's talk team. Then we'll talk individual. Okay, All 2017 right. schedule. This is another fantastic schedule for BYU. What do you think of when you look at that schedule and what's ahead of you guys? Yeah, man, I think it's exciting. Like everybody's always said. Um, I think we have a lot of good teams on the schedule to look forward to, and obviously we're focused on our first game uh, here at home. But, yeah, I think our team is, is going to be very prepared and ready for those those big games that everybody's talking about. Um, I think any time that a team has worry or fans have worry about a team is when, you know, when you're not prepared. And so, I, and I think we are working very hard this offseason to be prepared for those games. Tanner Mangum said, look, we've been good a lot in the past we want to be great this year, and so Absolutely. we're trying to do some things that we've never done. What are some of those things that you're trying to do to make that leap from a good season to a great season? Yeah, I think uh, 
I think any team that has a great season or any great teams, they all have great leadership. I think we have a lot of young leadership on this team, which is really good. Obviously, this, the senior leadership is great, but there's been guys who have showed up in, in workouts and, um, you know, the guys who are hitting people up over the phone saying, hey, I want to be a part of, you know, leading this team. And and I think that's that's going to be a big part of, you know, going into the season. Anytime there's, um, anytime there's some hard times or anything like that, leadership is what comes into play and making sure that we stay on track and um, win a lot of those games. We see, we get to see, uh, you know, what you do on the field as a leader and the way that you make plays. And you're, you are a playmaker leading the team in tackles with 86 uh, a year ago. Off the field, who are some of the leaders and what's your role defensively as a leader on this team, especially now where you aren't practicing for about a month, but there's some time to improve? Yeah, like I said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of leaders on the team, not, not just ones that are outspoken, but guys who lead by example. Obviously, Tanner being the quarterback, he's going to be a leader on, on this team. And the whole linebacking core, us being together again uh, this season, I think is our, our job for the defense is to be you know, the, the vocal leaders and, um, and lead this team. And I can go on and on, and on about guys who, could, who are and can potentially be leaders. Um, but I think my job um, is to just do what I've been doing as, you know, as being, exa- being an example for the team. Um, and obviously, if I need to speak up when, when, time, when it, the time comes, then, then I'll do that. We talked about uh, last year's defense in terms of statistics. Number 14 in scoring, dif- dif- uh, sc- sorry, scoring defense and number two in takeaways overall. Those are really good numbers. Mm-hmm. What do you expect from the defense this year? Yeah, those are, those are great numbers. Uh, obviously, my expectations is to be the best in the country, you know, and that's, that's what it should be every year. Um, and like I said, making sure we're prepared and we're taking the steps necessary to do that is uh, is what comes first. Individually, obviously, I know next year at this time you want to be in uh, a camp with somebody. Um, so what what do you feel like you can do as an individual to help your team this season? Wow, that's an interesting question. You went about the, the NFL route yes. by talking about the <laughs> team. Helping the team. Helping the team. Okay, yeah. I like that. I like that. Um Look, you know, I, I, I love the I love the off season, uh, strictly because you know you get to improve your, the type of player you can be. You know, getting bigger, faster, stronger. That's you get on Jordan Pendleton's Instagram. Yeah, you know, I work out with with some with some great people in the, in my off time. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think um, I think the off season is 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 key in and becoming the player that you want to be, especially for me, going on to the next level. Which when the time comes, I'll be focused on that. Um, but yeah, just be getting bigger, faster, stronger, and you know, keeping my head in the playbook, um, and being in the film room, all those, all those things is what's important. What have you learned from Steve Kafusi as he makes the transition from defensive line coach for twenty plus years now to being the guy with the linebackers? Yeah, uh, I, I love Coach Kafusi and everything that he brings. Um, I think just him being on the D line has brought some things over to to linebackers, such as like you know, just using your hands. That's something that's huge for any player on the field. Um, but yeah, I think I think him changing to you know being the linebackers coach was, is going to be a great move, and you know I trust in what the coaches do, and uh, just excited. Can we expect at least one incredible pick six like the one against <laughs> Boise State again? Because that's one of the greatest plays in BYU defensive. <laughs> history uh yeah you know those those aren't very planned I would say but um <laughs> when the, if the time comes and hopefully something like that happens again yeah your dad uh I, did he Facebook <laughs> or tweet you retweeted him watching not just that play but 
you strip the ball and Troy picks it up against yeah. Boise. He was so yeah. proud. Yeah, yeah. Those are man. Those are great to look look back on. Uh, he's he's made videos like just like those. Like back when I had to pick against Fresno State, he he did the same thing. Um, but yeah, he's just Where he got chased down by the. Gotcha, yeah, I knew well, Jeremy was going to bring that. I knew it. Yeah, I knew it too. But whatever, <laughs> haters are going to hate. Um, got to redeem myself. I still don't have any touchdowns at home. Got to try and do that this year. But uh, but yeah, that'll always be there to make his commentary about about the plays. He's great. Yeah, great, great stuff, Fred. Looking fresh as always, man. Clearly, Thank I mean, you, it's clearly stated that he has the best hair on. Okay. The oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, in yeah. this second hour, for sure. <laughs> 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 Always good to talk to you, man. Yes, yes, sir. A home touchdown from Fred Warner this year. That's what I was. Whoa, whoa, to. whoa! We're not going to guarantee anything. That's guarantees. just the hope. Just, uh, it's a hopeful guarantee. Okay, thank you. I yeah. guarantee that I hope that. <laughs> See you. Up next, Diane Gonwolaku. Hey, he's got some pretty good hair too. Oh yeah. Oh yes, he he's does. Look, look, he's laughing. Up top. Johnny, get out hey, of the make picture. Sure you, yeah, make sure you talk about it. When Johnny, get out right. of the picture. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play two-hour special. We are an hour and 44 minutes in. Hard to believe that uh, it's gone by that quickly. But your play-by-play for BYU Sports continues. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Coming up after our show in about 15 minutes, web chats on BYUtv.org. Not to mention Behind the Mic with Greg Rubel for three hours on BYU Radio. So if you're listening to us on BYU Radio, just keep listening. If you're watching on TV, you're welcome to uh, jump on both. And the nice thing is, you can't. You don't have to do just one. You can do both at the same time. Yeah, technology Everyone has a is dual fantastic. screen experience. Yep. It's great. Yep. What questions do you have for our guests today? That is what we want you to uh, implement on Twitter today. Use the hashtag BYUSN. And we are now joined by one of the solid members of the BYU secondary, Diane Gonwoloku, the artist formerly known as Diane Lake. That's I, right. I got to start with this. Does it bother you when you get teased about Ty Detmer calling you Diane Guacamole? Um, to be honest, I didn't know at first that he was. <laughs> like, I heard from other people that he was calling me Guacamole, and I saw some on Twitter, and I was like, wait, I don't get the inside joke. And then I saw him, and then he actually told me, I was like, you really don't know how to say Goloku? And he said, Guacamole. I'm like, it's not Guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> so say it again, because... We think we know how to say it, but we want to make sure. You're- All right, so it's like the N in it is silent. So oh. if you take the N out, it's just ga wolo ku Ga-wolo-ku. Okay. Yeah. That's why we asked now the we source. Know. And, now and you know. And remind people why you are going by a different last name in, in Ga-wolo-ku yeah. this year. Well, just because my – well, ga is my middle name. And my uncle, he just passed away this year. and from He's from Philadelphia. And so I just, like, took his – uh, my Gawulaku name and put it as my last name because that was our family name. And just to represent him, I just changed it. So legally, it's still Lake, but just for my uncle's sake from his passing away, I just changed it on my back of my jersey to Gawulaku to represent him. What did he mean to you? He was everything to me because he's the reason, one of the reasons that we came here. He helped us come from, me and my sister, when we came from uh, Liberia because the war, he like paid for some stuff, like helped my dad through the process and my mom. And so that was just, like, a big part. And he always came to, like, visit us sometimes. And then just, like, I haven't seen him in a while because he moved to Philadelphia. But he always, like, took the time to come back to Utah to visit us. 
and he's just a big part of our lives. How old were you when you moved from Liberia? I just barely turned five. Wow. It was, yeah. I what a journey. Five. It was. It was a long journey on the plane by ourselves, so it was like my first time seeing a plane, so I was, of course, crying on the plane, like first time seeing white people coming from Liberia, and it was just like culture shock to me when I first came. Wow. And now you're here at BYU after a successful career at Northridge High School. Got to get a Northridge shout out. <laughs> it was going nice. Fellow nice right here, man. <laughs> but uh, you're you're one of the guys on a very talented BYU defense uh, that brings back a lot of the weapons that produced some very impressive numbers last year. Uh, just in your mind, where where would you set that expectation level for the BYU defense in 2017? We got to get more takeaways. I feel like well, we're already at a pretty high level, and I feel like we can get even, at an even higher level uh, this year with uh, some of the returning starters we have coming back. And I just feel like if we, we had some takeaways, we should have been had in some a ton of games, like seven, eight points away from being undefeated. And I feel like we, we us defensive guys, we put it on ourselves because those the other teams scoring, and obviously we have to stop that. And uh, I just feel like we can get another level and take away some of those takeaways from other teams and create more turnovers to make plays and give our offense a chance to score. Last year was incredible with takeaways. To hear you say you want even more is also incredible because you had 31, you're second in the country. We're seeing right here on BYU TV the Boise State pick six. I believe you had three interceptions last year. What are you hoping to do individually to help this team? Uh, well, as a whole, we need uh, to know our like know our assignments and me individually as a corner. I like work on my techniques and know the plays, all the plays, not just my position. The corner, that's what the safety's doing because they're our help over top. Uh, just know where everyone is doing. So as soon as we master our position, I feel like start learning other people's positions, and it will help us be even better out there. Harvey Longy was your setup guy last year for oh, yeah. uh, those big defensive plays. He's gone now playing for the New England Patriots. So who's yeah. going to be your setup guy this year to help score hey, some touchdowns? Next man up, whoever it is, hopefully it's Fred, but he's usually on choice side. So hopefully we have another DN, uh, Siona Sakitaki's back this year. And whoever deflects the ball, or even if it's not deflection, hopefully I still find a way to get a pick. This secondary is very exciting. At the beginning of the year, we thought, hey, there's some talent here. And you guys proved it with a bunch of takeaways. What's it like to be out there with all the guys, but especially kind of a young group that you know, hey, we're going to play like three or four years together? Yeah, we just feed off that. Like being young and all together, we have some senior like Fred and all of them, but just being young as a group, we just like feed off each other on the takeaways and. It's just fun being out there. It's not like it's not really like work when we're out there together. It's just like, well, oh, we're here to make plays. We're about to make plays. Like when we go up, when we go out there together, all eleven, we just know we're gonna make a play and get the ball back to the offense. Like the Legion of Boom for the Seahawks, <laughs> smelling like a potential nickname for this young group. You, Troy, yeah, Chris what, Wilcox. What does the Isaiah BYU Armstrong, secondary need as a nickname? Michael Shelton, like. Hey, Let's we, figure out something. No, we we were trying to establish a name in the position meeting room, but it's like it's hard. We wanted to do uh, the Looney Tunes <laughs> and just all be like characters from that, <laughs> but we couldn't decide who's going to be who, so we're still working on that yeah, right okay. now. Okay. You let us know when yeah, you've got it, or 
We'll get the fans to yeah. summon up a nickname. They're pretty Hopefully, good. They they're are, already they're summoning good. up yeah. things right now. That's what happens, especially on media day. Diane Gawoluku. Yes. The N is silent. The we N learned is silent. that today. That's yep. why we ask questions, There's man. one thing stuff. we learned on media day. It's that the N is silent. Yeah. Ask and thou shall receive. You feel me? <laughs> That's right. Very mm-hmm. cool. Uh, when you look at the 2017 schedule, and we've joked with all the players, it's like, okay, Portland State, 64 days away. It's all on Portland State, all on Portland State. But it's June 23rd. Clearly... You've at some point thought about LSU or Utah or playing Wisconsin. Like, what do you think about the schedule and what do you look forward to most about this 2017 schedule? It's exciting seeing the big games we have at the start, even at the finish. We still got to finish strong how we start. But just seeing first we got to take care of Portland State. Um, It always starts with the first game and after Portland State. Just seeing LSU, that's a big game I look forward to. Wisconsin, of course, we got to beat Utah. And those are just games I feel like we're not losing. We're not going to, like, this season, we're not. I don't want to lose by seven points, one point, however many we lost by last year. Like, I just want to win those games, those close games, instead of having them all close. I want to be, like, big wins instead of small losses. So just flip it around this year. You grew up in Utah. What does the BYU-Utah rivalry mean to you? Oh, it's big. Really, really big. Even with recruiting and everything, because you have both coaches every week coming to your school trying to recruit you and then you like say one thing to a coach you say nothing to another coach like it is hard to decide and I can see how kids like will say I'm not going to either school I guess and just go out of state or go to a different school just because it's such a big rivalry that you just you got to pick one side you can't just be I'm a Utah and BYU guy you got to choose BYU or Utah and I already knew I was a BYU guy I'm like I got to beat these Utah guys I just knew I was a BYU guy and had a find my place here on the team, I guess, and find a way to beat the guys up north. <laughs> September 9th, it'll be a fun night. It will. Well, you didn't play for Lavelle, but you guys understand the legacy of Lavelle. What does it mean to have the patch, which is a small symbol and kind of token of remembering him, on the jersey this season? And it's on your left sleeve today. Yeah, like you said, I didn't play for him. A lot of us didn't, but we uh, we respect him a ton. Like, just seeing because we always watch film on, like, how his coaching style was, and Sataki brings a lot of that into the program now. But just like how he was as a, as a coach and how he interacted with the players and the other coaching staff, um, it just like it makes us want to win a national championship. To be honest, just like the way he coaches and makes you want to go out there and play for your coach and your teammates, not just for yourself. Diane Gawoluku, talented member of the BYU football secondary. Um, we have to get this in because we've given everybody else a chance to make their claim for who has the best hair on the team, Diane. So uh, where do you fall in the hair ranking standings today with uh, Jonah Trinneman and Fred Warner? To be honest, I'm like Jonah's mentor with his hair. <laughs> <laughs> it, is what it, is, it is what it is. Like So far, I think I'm leading everyone right now, but Jonah's ke- catching up Fred. You're his, the trendsetter. Fred still got his crown sitting on the top crown. of his head. but. <laughs> Still, but you know, right now it's like it's getting pretty even. Jonah's hair grows fast, I guess, but you know, <laughs> who's got the worst hair on the team? Hey, I can't say that. <laughs> He's a good teammate. Mm. Kalani asked me to ask that to check if you would answer that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, here, here we are, like 64 days away from the season. Okay, um, what what have you worked on uh, as as a group, as an individual, this summer before you get to fall camp? Uh, just being as a group, like we're trying to be more technicians instead of just like going out there and kind of just 
messing things up. But I feel like us DBs, uh, corner safeties, everyone, we just have to work on our techniques. And if we know the plays and you're working on your techniques, you can play a lot faster and make more plays. And so that's the big thing right now, just your technique, how everything's ran, then that's how the whole defense forms and everyone do their job. I think things will work out. One of the greatest, if not the greatest, Northridge Knight ever, <laughs> Diane Gawolik. I appreciate He's, it. You're up there, dude. Daniel Coates was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Colby Buckwald. But his chapters are still Dan yet to Van be written. Swin. Yeah. You got a shot to be the best Northridge Knight ever, and that includes Spencer. That's <laughs> <the> plan, <laughs> Diane, thanks for the time, man. Enjoy the rest hey, of media fine. day, and uh, we're looking forward to the season. 64 days, man. Yo, I appreciate it. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we put a nice bow on what has been a very entertaining two-hour edition of BYU Sports Nation on 2017 BYU Football Media Day. Diane's arms are a little bit bigger than ours. I just noticed that. Yep. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guests, head coach Kalani Satake, the great running back Luke Staley, Jonah Trineman, Eli Satuiaki, Ty Detmer, the Heisman Trophy winner, Tanner Mangum, quarterback Fred Warner, and Diane Gawoloku. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. It was and, a great show. Yes, it was. I think we need to rise and shout, Jerem. Brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help we need it most, DexterLaw.com. Who gets it? Lavelle Edwards. The patch is just a small token, but an incredible sign for BYU football this year. To remember Lavelle. It's been real, everyone. Conversation continues on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN audio podcast. You should download it on iTunes. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Max Warner. We'll see you.